What's up, guys? Episode 20, take your pick. And this is March, Parker. This is March. We finally got here. Almost two That's, years later, and we finally can play some, some tournaments. Honestly, looking back at it, I think it might have been worth having the tournament canceled this year just to have it this year. I uh, am so excited. Most college basketball I've watched in years. And Big Ten tournament starts today, and that's where we're going to start off right now. Because we're two big yep. guys. We're going to take a look at the bracket. I actually got to pull it up on my screen right now. But um, we got the uh, the bottom part of the tournament starting tonight. Yeah, and, and Coop, let me just say before we get into the brackets. Um, yes. I love the fact that the tournaments this year are going to be played in Indy, in the state of Indiana, one of the best states for basketball. The tournament's going to be in the state or in downtown Indy, and Assembly Hall is hosting some games, and I'm excited for these next couple weekends. I'm glad the tournament also got moved from Chicago to Indy because this is just like this is a great basketball atmosphere down here. You don't really know until you come down and experience it yourself. No, uh, can't disagree with that at all. I mean, Indiana. A lot of people say it's the birthplace of college basketball. Um, and I've been to the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis before. There is no mm -hmm. better host city. I'm dead serious. It's a great city. Great city for any type of like big event. Oh, I know. It's perfect for any kind of thing like that because the city's so compact. Everything's so close by, and it's just it's perfect. I love it. Yeah. And the saying here goes, in 49 states, it's just basketball. <laughs> Indiana is different. But which leads us into our next point. We got the bottom four tonight. And Indiana barely escaped that. Yeah, so. they did. Um, so, yeah, let's start off with – this is going to go out on Thursday. So, we'll kind of give a prediction. And if we're right, we're right. If we're wrong, we're wrong um, with <laughs> these two games. But I don't think – Everybody's really focused on these. Yeah, it's like um, when you're filling out your bracket and you get it in too late and you don't have the first four playing games. Not that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we got Minnesota Northwestern as the first game and then Nebraska-Penn State. Um, I actually do want to start off with this. Um, Minnesota Northwestern, these are the two, two teams that were ranked previously during this season. Mm -hmm. And absolutely went on a huge downward spiral. Yep. And I mean, like, terrible. Yeah, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, this matchup, because I feel like for as bad of a season they've had, both teams, they're kind of on opposite ends of where they're at in their program. Like Nebraska – or, sorry, Northwestern, they weren't expected to have the success that they had earlier on. They're still getting young players – establishing that system they're more on the come up they weren't really supposed to have the year uh that they had at the beginning um on the other hand minnesota was kind of a team that's been around there in the tournament for the past couple of years and now you know there's rumors about uh patino and what what's going to happen after this year i'm assuming Carr is going to leave he's not getting a lot of his good players are leaving so you know this could be like the end all be all for minnesota while northwestern this could just kind of like boost the program you know yeah, I uh, completely agree with that. Um, Minnesota, ever since they lost their big guy, Liam Robbins, he was a transfer from Drake this year. Leading shot Great blocker. Great transfer. Big, yeah, um, leading block sh uh, shot blocker in the Big Ten. Um, they've lost like 13 of their last 15 games. 
Um, they've lost their last like two or three home games and they were, uh, they were undefeated at one point at home, um, beating Michigan by almost 30 this year. Like they had a lot of glimpses of being a good team in the big 10 this year. And they just have fallen off completely. I mean, Gabe Kalsher got hurt and Robbins has been out for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Carr can only do so much with that offense. I mean, they've had to <laughs> step up, but it's, it's been pretty ugly for them. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I haven't really paid attention to them their past couple games. Didn't they lose to Penn state? I believe they did. Um, they lost to Rutgers at home in overtime too. Yeah. I mean, it's, They've been in games. They've been competing with teams, and they were the first team to beat Iowa in the Big Ten, uh, who at that time was the favorite. I feel like they have that one player, though, in Marcus Carr that can just get you a bucket, and sometimes in March that's enough, especially if he gets hot. The only question is I don't know where the team is at right now. I don't know where the other players are at, but like you said, Carr can only do so much for that team. So – Looking at these two matchups, if I have to take a, p- a pick, I, I'm going to go with Minnesota just because I think they have experience. It's not Northwestern's time yet, and I don't think Carr is going to let them, you know, go out in the first round like that. Yeah, I think Patino knows going into this he's probably coaching for his job, even though he'll most likely lose it. But I think top to bottom, I would take Minnesota over Northwestern. I just think these are two really cold teams coming at each other at the same time. Yep. Um, but, yeah. That's about all I got with that insight. Um, let's <laughs> so you, you took Northwestern? No, I took Minnesota. Okay, you um, would. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> I used to be a fan. Now, I'm, <laughs> now, I look, now I feel better about that, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, moving on, we got the bottom team in the Big Ten, Nebraska, going up against Penn State. Um, Nebraska just had their leading scorer um, announced he was entering the transfer portal, I believe. Yep. I forgot his name, but that I did remember hearing that. It was uh, Todd something. He was an honorable mention in the Big Ten this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me take a look real quickly. But Nebraska, like Fred Hoiberg, he does have some decent recruits coming in. Mm-hmm. But this team is bad, really. Bad. <laughs> no, they're, they're not good. Um, and that kind of dated back to last year, too. Like, they lost so many players. I mean, some was due to injury, but also due to transfers and – like last year in the tournament, they literally had to have football players suit up for them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're a ter- they're a team that you're going to have to give it time. And also, I've watched a lot of Penn State games because I've done a lot of scouting for us. Um, and Penn State is not a bad team. They're a team that can really put up points. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. I think um, Brockington on Penn State is you know one of the better mid range players that can just get a bucket anytime he wants. He has a very like unique pull-up game that nobody I don't really see in college basketball. So like, I think, I think Penn state's easily going to take this. I don't think it's going to be that close. They did play. However, I think a week ago, a week or two, a week or week and a half ago or something. And uh, it was a pretty close game. It came down to the wire, but I think Penn state pulled out with it. So. Yeah. um, I remember last year, Isaiah Brockington, uh, when they beat Iowa in the – they played a game, I think, that was in what University of Penn's old arena was, and he was on fire that game. Um, also, I just looked up his name. It was um, Teddy Allen was the scorer. Teddy Allen, yeah. Who, who went to the transfer portal. Um, True. They do – I mean, 
Penn State's overall a better team. I know they have an in, uh, interim coach right now. So this year is a little bit weird, but they were hovering around the bubble right around late January, early February, but um, they started to kind of fall off after that. Um, I do like the Icelandic shooter that Nebraska has, Thor Bjornsson. I watched one of their early here, and he's pretty good. But uh, Penn State, I think, should run away with this one pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, all right, that's what we got for that one. And now we'll get to uh, the rest of the bracket here. This is, like, the main part that we wanted to talk about. Um, Should we go game by game, or should we just kind of go with, like, the main headlines? Let's just go with the main headlines, because I feel like, you know, some of the conference tournaments are more predictable than the actual tournament. Yeah, um, I agree with that 100%. So here we got Ohio State, who they were around the top five most of the year. This is what I want to start off with. And they failed to get the double buy in the Big Ten. Purdue snuck ahead and took the last four, uh, four seed to get that double buy to play on Friday instead of having to play a Thursday game. Um, I'm just wondering what you think that impact could be on Ohio State. Um, when it comes to maybe they win their game against Minnesota or Northwestern, they go against Purdue. Does that help them at all, hurt them at all? Like, what's the importance of a double buy, at least in this tournament right now? I think, you know, in terms of rest-wise, you know, it might give um, Purdue an advantage. But I think motivation-wise, that's only going to fire up Ohio State even more. I think they were clearly a better team all year. Obviously, it's tough when you go through the conference schedule, but I think also Purdue's a team – this is coming from an Indiana fan, obviously, so I have some bias, but they're kind of overachieved this year in the sense that they weren't really supposed to be near the top of the Big Ten. Uh, their freshman, Jaden Ivey, um, has been amazing this year. Like, I'm really impressed with him and uh, Edie, too. Yes. But I think overall talent-wise, I think Ohio State's there. And, um, you know, Matt Painter's done a great job, I think, coaching guys that are not as talented and kind of getting – guys to play as a team, but when it comes down to the tournaments, I think Ohio State talent-wise and if they figure out as a team-wise can can easily beat Purdue. Um, and they can easily make make Sunday and make the conference tournament. So I think they're going to have some fire now as the five seed. Yeah, I mean, I like Ohio State. Um, I know they're really undersized, and that's something that has always caught my eye. I mean, I noticed that when Iowa played against them last. I think Purdue is also a team that can out-rebound them just based on size. I mean, obviously you have Edie, and he's, what, seven foot three. I mean, yeah. Purdue is breeding these he's guys. Have. They, they have a guy like this every year. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. Some dude. <laughs> it was uh, Haas and then Harms and then Edie, so. Yeah. Uh, it's they annoying. Just, they just keep coming. Yeah. <clears throat> But uh, outside of that, who of the Thursday teams, the teams that are ranked six through, I think it's 10 right now, who do you think has the best chance to make a run and maybe surprise somebody and make it to the semis or championship of the Big Ten? Um, hold on. I'm actually pulling up the, uh, the bracket right now. Um, I mean, not, not including Ohio State. Um, yeah, let's take Ohio State out of there because I feel like there's a clear top five in the Big Ten. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off from Ohio State to Wisconsin, I think. I think a lot of people can agree with that. Um, I think from those Thursday games, 
I think Michigan State's got to be the the sleeper team. I'm they were a team that was ranked top five at the beginning of the year, and I mean they still have the talent, they still have the players there, and they have experience too. And uh, you know Rothstein doesn't always tweet out the the months of the year and fill in Izzo for March for no reason because for some reason Michigan State always finds a way in March, and they've been playing really well as of late. They even took down Michigan the other day. I think that's the last team Michigan wants to see. Uh, besides Illinois, I think, out of this bracket. And uh, I think Michigan State knows how to beat Michigan. They know the personnel. And then, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run all the way to Sunday. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose one team, I like Michigan State too. Um, it's funny because I saw a tweet from Lu- Joe Lunardi in, like, mid-February. It was, like, right at the bottom part of Michigan State season. And somebody tweeted at him saying, uh, chances the Spartans find a way into the tournament. He said – Absolutely not. Have you seen their schedule? Well, they end up winning like a very good amount of those games. And yep. they're right now in the last four buys part of the bracketology that I've seen, maybe reaching to like a nine or eight seed. Yep. And if they keep it going and stay hot, maybe they could shock somebody in the second round of the tournament against the one seed. That's obviously thinking way too far into the picture. Yeah. But I mean, that that's the thing with their team is they're basically playing playoff game, conference tournament ga- or tournament games. Like they got to win to get in. So all these games are do or die. And that's dangerous for a Michigan state team. Now, they, now they have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, that's, that's a scary team to come out of the top half of the bracket. Yeah. Um, another team I want to mention at least out of uh, the Thursday teams from what, six through 10. I do. Indiana. I not Indiana. Actually, Indiana is probably the last team on there. No offense, even though they swept <laughs> Iowa and good on you guys, but you can't get swept by Purdue again. But besides the point, besides the point, I didn't want to trash you there. <laughs> I just I had like, to ask. Yeah, I know. I had to bring um, it up at some point. I respect that. Um, I still something about Rutgers. I just still really like. Um, I still like their coach Steve Peichel. I think he's a He's a good defensive-minded coach. And I feel like it's kind of depending on their two stars in Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker. Ron Harper was very just kind of okay this year. He still made all Big Ten third team. And Miles Johnson was an all-defensive team player. Um, I think they still got something there. They'll most likely make the tournament. They'll probably be like a eight or nine seed right around what Michigan State was. But – they did reach as high as 12 in the AP poll this year, and they're always a dangerous team to play, at least on the road. Obviously, now it's a neutral site, but I think Rodgers still has something that could maybe pull pull an upset off. I mean, I don't know if they'll beat Illinois, but they could keep it close and maybe make some people nervous. Yeah, that's that's the only issue I have is with the bottom half of that bracket, I think the two and the three seed, Illinois and Iowa, I think are bound to meet uh, at some point. I don't really see – whoever wins that Indiana Rutgers game, either of those teams beating Illinois. Um, because, I mean, they're just playing – they're hot right now. Illinois is playing some of their best basketball. So, you know, I think – and then on the other side, I don't think Wisconsin or, you know, Penn State, Nebraska can beat an Iowa team. So, I think on the bottom half, it's bound to be an Iowa-Illinois matchup. But on the top half is, I think, where we can have some more uh, some more upsets, you know, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan State. Maybe Purdue can sneak into Sunday too. You know, you never know. But I'm going to kind of jump ahead and uh, predict here the, the championship. Um, I think Ohio State 
comes out on top on the uh, on the top half of that bracket. I think Michigan is going to really come into uh, some struggles either with Michigan State or Ohio State. Or, I mean, it wouldn't be Purdue if I'm predicting Ohio State, but I think it's going to be a lot harder sailing for them. And then on the bottom half, I'm going to have to go with Illinois. And I think we're going to see an Illinois-Ohio State Conference Tournament Championship. And my prediction is going to be Illinois. As much as I hate to say it, but I mean, it's kind of cool to say. I think Illinois, they got Io, who's arguably the best player in college basketball right now. I know Luffy Garza has something to say about that, but him and Kofi are just on a different level right now. No, I mean, I, I can't – I feel like with this Big Ten tournament – uh, it's good because it's probably the most unpredictable of the rest of the top six conferences in the, uh, in the nation right now. Yep. Um, I mean, the top half, you're right on that. I think is there's a lot more of uh, unpredictability when it comes to those matchups. And on the bottom half, I think it should be an Illinois-Iowa semifinal, which I really hope it is because – That'd be a great matchup. This – these teams needed to play two regular season uh, games, but they only ended up playing one. Yeah, and we were cheated out of that. Yeah, that was the, they were the top two uh, teams projected to finish in the top of the Big Ten. And um, yeah, if I had to make a prediction right now, I still am going to have Michigan come out of the top portion of the bracket. I think that I mean they were. They won 18 of their first 19 games for a reason, some of them in dominating fashion. And I do know that their game against Illinois was about as bad a team has played all year. But I think that's actually the biggest positive that they can take from it because they know they're better than that. They have a talented team, top to bottom, and their goal is probably to play Illinois again in the Big Ten Championship. So that's why I'm going to stick with Michigan. I think Juwan Howard is also a very good coach. Probably will have a job there for a while. Um, if I had to go to the bottom, it would just be rude of me to not pick my own team. I'm going to pick <laughs> Iowa. I think that they have that Illinois loss in the back of their mind, and they've also improved a ton defensively. They've held their yeah. six or seven opponents to under 70 points. Um, they're – Defensive Ken Palm ranking has gone from like 120th all the way down to like 45 now. Um, they've improved yeah. a ton, and I know that Joe Wieskamp is only day to day, and he will be able to play in that semifinal if he's allowed to. Um, I still, yeah. See, Dave Frederick. Frederick's he's he's about fully healthy now. I think he left the uh, Wisconsin game a little bit early, but he came back in. Um. When it comes to the championship, I'm still probably going to take Michigan because I think Hunter Dickinson's the best defensive matchup in the Big Ten against uh, Luca Garza. Um, you could say the same thing about Kofi Coburn. Could make some people mad by not putting him at number one. But Trace Jackson Davis, too. Trace Jackson Davis, yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> uh, <laughs> facts are facts. He is 2-0, oh, right? I guess he, he is 2-0. Oh. Um, that's still – that's something that just will not – wrap around my head right but um, <laughs> I'm going to take Michigan to win the Big Ten tournament just to kind of go against my bias but I still I truly do think Iowa can win this Big Ten tournament um, as long as they're fully healthy as long as Joe Wieskamp is able to play and he keeps shooting the way he does he's been over 50% from three this year 
and it's been unbelievable to watch. So I'm I'm, I'm rooting for it. So you're taking Michigan over Iowa. Yes, sadly. So it, it my, my last, <laughs> it hurts to say that. My last two cents about this is the only thing that I think is going to hurt Michigan in the tournament is that long layoff that they didn't play uh, because of COVID. I think there's a lot of value to get out of the you know the heart of the Big Ten season. That you know there's going to be many moments that come up that are going to be huge moments down in tourney time, and they kind of missed out missed out on that. So I think those little things, those little factors, might affect them. But Besides the point, uh, you want to move on to ACC next? Yeah, uh, I say we let's go down the line with the rest of the big conferences and just pick our winners, kind of do a little talk about each of them. Yep. Um, so I guess Big Ten was kind of more the most in-depth we could go about, or we wanted to go at least about some of these tournaments. But uh, we'll go ACC next. I have the tournament up here, or the bracket up. Um, I just want to talk about some sleepers. So they already played – a couple games, I believe Duke won, Notre Dame won on a buzzer beater. Yes, they did. And did Pittsburgh beat Miami or Miami beat Pittsburgh? Miami beat Pittsburgh, but um, I'm I'm shocked. I just want to bring this up. I'm shocked that Miami beat Pittsburgh in general. I watched my <laughs> game earlier this year, and I, I seriously think that's one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they're playing right now actually against Clemson, and Clemson's up nine early. Uh, worst ran offense I've ever seen. <laughs> They're not even last in the conference, though. I mean, they had to be better than two teams. Yeah, I mean, they were better than Boston College. Uh, and I think it was uh, – who did Notre Dame beat last night? They beat Wake Forest. Yeah, I don't know how they were – I don't know how they were. <laughs> but um, that was a bad basketball team. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, just give me, like, your thoughts right now, like, prediction-wise. Big thoughts, predictions. Um, you know, I think the tournament, it, the bracket looks so weird this year, not seeing Carolina or Duke near the top. But, um, you know, some of these teams that are mixed in here that we're not used to seeing, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, they're good teams. But I think in the end, at the end of the day, once it comes down to tourney time, I think the top dogs, uh, Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Possibly even Syracuse. I think those are teams to watch, especially in March. Syracuse is, is definitely my dark horse in this tournament. I feel like they always make some type of run in late March. Uh, that's probably the last team Virginia wants to see. Um, other dark horse teams, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I have to say North Carolina. I think they have all the talent in the world. They've had a really tough schedule. But also, like, there's no one in the, in the nation that can compete with their bigs. And they've all started to figure it out you know, throughout the season. And they're playing good basketball right now. I think Carolina is a team to look out for. Syracuse is a team to look out for. And then I think this Duke-Louisville game is going to be interesting as well. Um, but I think whoever runs into Florida State is ultimately going to gonna lose that one. So your your initial thoughts? Uh, I agree with a lot of that. Um, one team that's ranked high up there that I'm not a big believer in is Clemson. They've had some pretty bad games this year. They started off very hot. They were at around the top of the ACC um, early on in the year, and then they kind of went on a downward spiral. Um, I'm not big on them. I don't think that they have the talent or capability of making a deep run like Florida State or Virginia has. Um, I do really like North Carolina, too. I think Garrison Brooks is a really, really good paint player. They played against Iowa earlier this year, and he was, he was really, really good from what I saw. Um, 
I know Duke is on Florida State side of the bracket, and I think that's one team that is just completely outmatches them. So I don't know if Duke's going to be able to make noise like they kind of feel like they could. Um, if to get through Louisville first, Louisville is going to be tough too. Yeah, Louisville. That's a their plant. Louisville is on the bubble too. They're one of the last four in right now, so they've mm-hmm. definitely got something to play for tonight. Um, but overall, I think Florida State is the best team in this conference. I think they have the most underrated coach in the nation in Leonard Hamilton. Third most wins in ACC history for yeah. those wins. A lot of people don't know that. He's had some great teams and a lot of good NBA players. He he gets a lot of, you know, one-and-dones or two-year guys that that can, you know, get high draft picks in the NBA. But I agree with you. I think they're the best team in the ACC. I, I'm not a big believer in Virginia. I think – they were kind of blessed with their position in the tournament. I think the bottom half of the bracket is definitely, you know, the tougher side. Um, but I think, you know, Florida State's going to be in the mix, and I think UNC's got to be in the mix in the bottom half of the bracket. But I feel like this is not going to be as competitive as some of the other tournaments as the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not a big believer in Virginia this year. Even though they're still the defending champions – I've watched some of their games and, you know, they win games, but it's just not, it's not pretty, but I mean, that's their whole team. That's, that's what they're built on. So. And it's, uh, it's funny you say that because John Rothstein's Rothstein-ism is Virginia basketball, a thing of beauty, but this <laughs> year, I mean, they don't have the, they don't have the star power of their 2019 team to do much, do much offensively. I mean, no. Kia Clark's probably their best offensive player, and he's just he's just okay. Or like or like Hauser, Joey Hauser, he can shoot Hauser. from the outside, but yeah. they're no Kyle guy. They're no DeAndre Hunter. They're not. They're There's not no bucket good. getters. You know who's gonna who's gonna shoot that last shot? Yeah, they don't yeah. really have a guy like that. And if you can get to a good lead on Virginia, um, it's gonna be hard for them to come back. That's one thing I always emphasize when watching Virginia basketball. So I think Florida State should have this tournament in their own hands and they control their own destiny as long as they get the auto bid, which it's not really necessary for them. They'll most likely be a two or three seed, but I, I like Florida state to win this tournament. Yeah. I th- think it's definitely Florida state. That, uh, I'm agreeing with you there. I think the biggest competition for them, I think Syracuse, you know, can surprise a lot of people make a run, maybe meet them in the turn in the, or the championship. But I also think Carolina has got to, give Florida State a pretty good fight, if not Virginia, so. No, I agree. I like that. I mean, Syracuse, they, uh, they're they just outside of – they're on the outside looking in right now on Bayheim. He uh, he likes to get those weird, like – remember, they made the Final Four as a 10 seed one year. And it was yep. completely out of nowhere. They, they like going on those runs, so. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the Big 12 right now. Yep. Um, oh, I just pulled that up. So we got this Baylor. Is gonna, like the Big Ten, this is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. Um, Baylor won the regular season by five games, and it's most likely that they'll be the team that comes out and wins this tournament. But there's a lot of parity that comes with uh, the rest of the six teams that are behind them. I mean, Oklahoma's playing the 7-10 game tonight, and they were a projected two seed in the tournament just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has to be 
I mean, definitely behind the Big Ten, but it can arguably this year at least, you know, be right up there with the Big Ten in terms of, uh, you know, how competitive the, the conference has been. Baylor, like you said, has ran away, but they also, like Michigan, you know, took a lot of time off because of COVID. Um, and like I said earlier, that makes a big difference when it comes down to March. You know, I'm look, some of these teams are the, on the bottom half of the bracket, even the top half, are really dangerous teams. Like Baylor is, does not want to play a West Virginia. They don't want to play a, a Kansas or a Texas. Some of these teams know how to stop Baylor, and I feel like, you know, they like Michigan, they missed out on going through their ups and downs in their tournament play. So I think it's not going to be easy sailing for Baylor looking at this bracket right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we saw that game last Tuesday against West Virginia, and it looked like West Virginia had that game won a couple times. And then Baylor yep. stormed right back, won an overtime. It. And it's going to be good. I mean, Baylor, I think, has proven to be beatable this year. Even though I still really like them, I still think that Jared Butler is one of the best two-way players in the nation right now. Um, I think it's going to come down to the top five teams – uh, depending on if Cade Cunningham is able to play. Um, I still think – is, is Oklahoma State able to play? Yes. I know there's this whole deal with their sanctions and they were waiting on the NCAA to respond. But Yeah, I think the NCAA knows how petty it would be if they put down the sanctions like right at the end of the season. So <laughs> – True. They'll probably come out with it right as the tournament ends, and then they'll postseason ban them for a year. But I hope that we get to see a Baylor Oklahoma State semifinal, even Baylor West Virginia. I think that would just be really fun to watch because I think they both had some pretty good games against them. Um, but I still think Baylor is going to most likely come out on top and win this tournament. Yeah, I think um, a dark horse come out of this tournament is I mean they're not necessarily a dark horse because they're ranked high but I think Texas is a team to look out for just because people aren't talking about them as much right now as they were earlier in the season and you know they've been pretty consistent all season they haven't really had bad losses I've been tracking them all season their, their losses are like you know to Baylor to West Virginia to Kansas they're not terrible losses they're all close um and, you know, even from watching them at the Maui at the beginning of the tournament, I mean, they have some great guards in their backcourt, and they have Greg Brown, too. Um, what's his, uh, the center's name? I uh, forgot. Uh, I think it's Geronimo or something. Yeah, it might be something like that. Um, they have a pretty deep team, and Shaka Smart knows how to coach in March. I think Texas is definitely a team to, to look out for on the bottom half of this bracket. I think they can shock a lot of people, and I think they can play – you know, with a Kansas, with a Baylor, with a West Virginia or Oklahoma State. They can play different styles. So I think Texas can be a sleeper to come out of this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people want to rule out Kansas right away, too. I mean, they are the one team that beat Baylor, and they beat them pretty handily. So also, uh, you can ask one of my friends about this. He, he loves Kansas because they're a very good second-half team, and they can come back from leads at any time. Uh, he's watched them and bet on them a few times, and he uh, he's very high on Kansas. So keep an eye on them. I'm not personally – I mean, they did beat Baylor, so you can't really ignore that. But I feel like I've repeated this a few times. I just think that Baylor's got the best roster and should win this tournament. 
who do you think they're uh, they're going to beat? You think uh, it's Baylor Kansas? Yeah, I think it's going to be Baylor Kansas, just because Kansas always finds a way to almost win the Big Twelve in some sort of way. I mean, they had that long stretch of winning the regular season, and I think they'll try and come out and uh, with a little bit of revenge and try and seal the tournament away from Baylor. But ultimately, I think Baylor comes up with it in the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I think uh, Texas is going to come out of the bottom half. I mean, I got to go with them after I was talking about how good they are. But um, I, I agree. I think Baylor's – it's their tournament to lose. Um, I think they're, they're going to have a lot of trouble getting through this tournament. But, you know, in the end, if they're as good as a team as we've seen all year and they keep playing the way they've been, they should get through this tournament uh, and come out as champions. So, so yeah. we both got Baylor for that one. Yeah. Um, these last three conferences should go by pretty quickly for us. Um, we're going to go with the Big East next. Um, to me, this is like a three-team race. And with the top two teams kind of having some internal issues, yeah. the door is really creeping open for UConn to win this tournament over Creighton and Villanova. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's sad that with Villanova, all this, you know, injury to Gillespie. And they had a, another injury, I believe, to the, to the backup point guard. Uh, he might he might have came back. But, I mean, it's just that's just a killer injury because Gillespie does so much for that team. And, you know, Villanova, they're a great team this year. They're number one team in the East. But they're not like the Villanova teams that we've seen in past years. You know, they're not – they don't have the star power like they've had. And that's why Gillespie has played even a bigger role because everything runs through him, offense, defense, pace. He's their point guard. They're going to miss him a lot. And I can't really see them winning this tournament without him. But I agree with you. UConn is a team that's played well as of late. I believe they're – are they last four in? Or they're on the bubble? You know? I think UConn might comfortably be in. I'm not okay. 100% sure, but I'm going to take a look at it again. Uh, yeah, I think they've gotten some pretty key wins. But I agree with you. I think this is a, a tournament that UConn can definitely steal. But um, – from the Creighton side, like you said, internally, it's, you know, you know, you don't know how that team's going to perform. I haven't really watched Creighton all year, so I don't really know how they play. But, I mean, I it's hard to get over, you know, the stuff that they're dealing with right now, especially at this time of the year. So, I feel like this is a tournament that I'm not really sure who can, who can end up winning. I feel like UConn's the favorite, but I also don't know. Yeah, I mean – Creighton, like Greg McDermott almost resigned over these comments. And then the players basically had to just approve of them and be like, Hey, we still, we still want you as our coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Very weird. I mean, I don't know how their mindset's going to be going into this tournament, especially with the timing of how it was. Yeah. It's a very awkward situation to come up right around March. So. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Um, I mean, the door in my opinion, is wide open for UConn. And I think that James Booknight, knowing that UConn is kind of being swept under the rug in the Big East right now, um, I could see him kind of ramping up his draft stock and showing out in this Big East tournament, making themselves a name for the tournament uh, next week. Yeah, I mean – as we said earlier, you know, great players perform in March. So, Book Knight definitely has that talent. He's already on draft boards. He definitely has a chance to go up those draft boards. And then also, you know, there's nothing better than watching 
point guards from UConn cross people up in March. So I, I saw on Twitter today, I saw the Kemba Walker highlight reminded me of those times. I think it was 10 years ago already today. Yeah, it's been that uh, when 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 Kemba Walker crossed up the iron pit and hit the game winner. So I think either way, this tournament is going to be a bloodbath as it always is, as it usually is. And I don't, I'm not really sure to go with. I, I think UConn would be the safe pick. Yeah, I, I like UConn to win this one. I think that they, they have a great coach too. And now I always get the Hurleys mixed up. I believe it's Bobby Hurley. That's the UConn coach. Not Dan, Bobby. I think I think it's Dan. Is it Dan? I always get him mixed up, and I feel so bad about it. Um, it's Dan, Dan Hurley. Yeah, Bobby Hurley's at Arizona State. I, again, I get it mixed up every single time. Uh, no, Dan Hurley's a great coach. He he's very animated. Um, he's a lot more. I think that the players like him, and I think he's got UConn heading in the right direction. Um, I like them to win the Big East tournament this year, especially with the distractions that the top two seeds have. I just think that the door is wide open for them to t- uh, take it away. So we could both go on UConn. Yeah, I think is that what you like? Yeah, I think that. I don't. I don't really know who else to go with. I didn't really watch too much Big East besides Nova. Yeah, no, I got so. you. Um, last two conferences, we'll go with the Pac-12 and then end with the SEC. Um, this is really a snooze fest of a conference. Yeah. Um, personally, I, I really am high on USC. I've mentioned in a couple episodes in the past that, uh, mm-hmm. I think they have a potential to make a deep run in the tournament, but this conference just isn't really fun to watch. Yeah. I think it's definitely top heavy. I think Oregon and U- USC are the favorites and are bound to meet probably in the championship. I think Chris Dort or Duarte, however you say his name on Oregon is one of the best players in the nation, really. And, like, people didn't really notice that because he's playing the Pac-12, but I watched a lot of Pac-12 games this year. And that also goes to USC, too. They're a very good team. Um, they've been playing really well as of late. But like you said, this is not that exciting of a, as a tournament, of a tournament as some of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, Oregon, they've done this. They did this two years ago. They snuck into the 12th seed and ended up beating uh, Wisconsin in the first round making to the Sweet 16, and that's got to be the highest uh, highest-seeded team as a Power 6 automatic qualifier, as a 12 seed. Um, that was weird, but yeah. they always make it. They always <laughs> make a dangerous run. Um, Dana Altman is one of the better coaches in the nation, and they always figure it out later in the season. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think this is Oregon's, Oregon's tournament to lose. Um, yeah, the only um, thing that USC's got, they've got Evan Mobley, who's also, you know, top five potential draft pick. Um, you know, they can, I, it's definitely going to come down to USC and Oregon, but I think, like we said before, the stars are going to come out and those two teams are, are star heavy. So I'm excited to see a lot of Oregon and uh, USC. Yeah. So with go with your gut. Who do you, who do you like to win the tournament for the Pac 12? I'm going with Oregon. I've only seen a couple of USC games. I've watched a lot of Oregon games. I'm really high on Chris Dort. I have only seen a couple mo uh, couple games at Evan Mobley, but um, I think he's a really good player. And Oregon in March is a team to always look out for. So I think it's their turn to lose. I'm going to go opposite of that. I'm going to go USC. I've watched a little bit more USC. I think I really like them 
off the boards. I like them defensively. And I think they have the star power to make a run in March. Um, I'm going to take USC. But I will – again, I won't be shocked if Oregon wins. But that's just like the one team out of the Big Ten I'm just like clinging on to that I really like in some weird way. They did have some bad mm-hmm. losses early in the year, but um, I still like them. And, um, and so last one we got at the SEC. SEC. Um, this is – Again, it's also pretty top-heavy in the SEC. Um, but other than that, like, you got Bama and Arkansas. Arkansas has been very good lately. Um, they have Eric Musselman, who came there from uh, – oh, wait, Nevada. Eric Musselman came there from Nevada, and mm-hmm. he's immediately made them a relevant team in the SEC. And then Nate Oates came from Buffalo – after they were a very good team as a 12 seed, maybe got all the way up to a six seed in a couple tournaments ago. Um, goes to Alabama, has them playing really well this year. Um, I really think it's between those two. Um, that's really all I got when it comes to the Arkansas and Bama. Arkansas and Bama. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, I love watching them play just because my man Justin Smith is there now. And he's playing like a small ball five, but then they also have a big seven-footer off the bench, so they can play different styles. And uh, Moses Moody, too, on Arkansas is a tremendous player. I've watched a couple of his games. Um, on the other side of the bracket, Alabama, you know, this they've had a really good year. You know, probably, Nate Oates is their coach, correct? Yes. Nate Oates, I mean, he's a great coach. He's really had Bama playing well this year. The only thing is that they may have to face Kentucky in their first game in the tournament. And I think that, you know, for as bad as Kentucky's been this year, you know, like a Duke, like a Carolina, they're always a team that, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they started playing well in March. And, you know, Kentucky has been playing well as of late, at least compared to the beginning of the season. I don't know if you want to say they're playing that well, but uh, Kentucky's going to be a tough out for for Bama, uh, especially in the first round. And then on the bottom half, I, I like Missouri as a sleeper team at number seven. I know they're going to have to see Arkansas in that next round if they beat Georgia. But they were ranked, you know, around the top 15 earlier in the season. And they have a lot of size. Uh, they're bigs. I can't remember their names, but they have two pretty big post players that play physical and can finish around the basket. And their defense is really good, too. Um, but my gut is telling me not to sleep on Arkansas and Alabama. But I do like Arkansas more than Alabama, I think, from this year. I think Arkansas just has – they have the talent. They have the it factor uh, with Moses Moody that, that Bama doesn't have. No, I like that. Um, a team that is high up there, they're going to be a tournament team um, that could sneak away and pull off an upset on the bottom part of the bracket. Uh, don't be shocked if LSU pulls off an upset against Arkansas. They have Cameron Thomas, who averages over 20 points a game. He was a first-team mm-hmm. All-SEC guy this year. And they really run like a fast-paced, high-tempo offense. And if they can get up ahead, um, they seem to be just conditioned guys. I know Arkansas also does the same thing with their tempo. That could be a fun game to watch if it's a semifinal. Um, But if I had to go with my gut, I think I'm still going to take Alabama. I mean, they've only got two conference losses. Uh, They had a huge comeback, almost beat Missouri to prevent one of those two losses. And I just think that's the best roster in the SEC right now. 
best overall team. Um, Arkansas is very close. I mean, these are going to be two possible two or three seeds. I mean, Bama's like just hanging off the one line if Illinois somehow finds a way to slip up. But I'm going to take Alabama to win this tournament. Uh, both in the, both in football and basketball, they're going to be uh, one of the teams to do it. Dang, I, I can't remember the last time, at least on the top of my head, that that's happened. Probably like Florida or something. Yeah, I mean, Florida won the national championship in 06 and 07 for both football and basketball. Yeah, but I think with this tournament, this is going to be a surprisingly entertaining tournament for um, a conference that's usually football dominated. I think this is a pretty competitive tournament that we're not usually used to seeing in the SEC. Like, it's usually just Kentucky and everyone else. But I feel like this is going to be a lot more competitive, similar to like a Big East or, or maybe even a Big Ten, Big 12. But um, I'm excited to watch some of these teams too because I haven't watched a lot of a lot of these teams. But it'll be exciting. No, I'm really excited too. Um, we got so like this is arguably some people say it. I personally disagree, but a lot some people say that this is more fun than the first round of the tournament because there are more games going on and people are fighting <laughs> for their lives to make the big tournament. So I'm excited, and selection yeah. is less than a week away. I am so so excited. I'm excited and nervous all at the same time, Coop. I got. Mixed feelings coming Sunday. We'll see how this how this weekend goes, though. A lot of things can change, you know. No, exactly. And um, we'll have an episode that'll come out right. Uh, it'll be after Selection Sunday. We'll have our instant reaction. We'll break down as much as we can. We might mm-hmm. even read off our own picks for our bracket. But I usually am a guy that likes to change things up a little bit right before game time. He's a, a tinkerer. You like to tinker. Yeah. Might be the first year I make two separate brackets too. I usually am not. Wow. I I'm always You're a old. one bracket guy. I'm a one bracket guy. But uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's our episode. We'll see you pretty soon. We're gonna have an episode after Selection Sunday. We'll make it yep. just a huge preview of the tournament. It's uh, March, baby. Let's go. March. So Early March. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in the next few days. <laughs> Whatever that fucking means. There's something in stuff for Spill a day to get my mind blown. I dress it up and go to Nassau. To run a miles on a dash. Got a rolling pound up a gas. Switch the lanes in the Grand Rapids. We're the one that kept it cool with all these niggas till these niggas start acting. Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie, nigga. Go, yo, the math. Like the Marsh Madness, all these cops shooting a nigga tragic. I don't wanna live in lavish, like I'm playing for the Mavericks. I don't want for the bitch that might have made me fuck her, even though she average. Dirty money in the cook, 45 by my good. I'm a young nigga in the cook, take you out for some joints. This counter money, no rush. I'm on the one way flushing. Loud packs, smelling mustard. These fucking police can't touch me. These fucking police can't touch me. Fucking niggas can't touch me. Apply the pressure with the VBS. I try to fall like it was a ship. Try to fall like it was a ship. Lift it up and go to an offset. Fuck a cougar like she hollered. Future hits is dirty, spying legendary. Dirty something unstoppable. Spill a day to get my mind blown. Dress it up and go to Nassau. To run a miles on the dash. Got a rolling pound up a gas.
Jackson Put your lanes in the Grand Rapids We the one that kept it cool with all these niggas Till these niggas start acting Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie Niggas gon' let them have it We ballin' like the Marsh Madness All these cops shoot a nigga tragic Put your lanes in the Grand Rapids We the one that kept it 